Hello, Side Hustle with Personality Community. Today is, is uh, a little going to be a little different because I had a interview uh, with um, uh, Mr. Paul Ross. He is a elite sales trainer and a master hypnotist, uh, and he knew he knows a lot about. Uh, neuro-linguistic programming, all in helping, and, and I should say using, uh, the power of language to skyrocket sales for, uh, for salespeople primarily. And, he, and as he said, uh, elite salespeople. But um, I got so much out of this in, because I'm in communication and connecting how to help people connect faster. So I was really interested in the four words that you can use in one minute uh, to connect and, with others and to uh, attract rapport and to have others trust you. Uh, so, and like, he, like Paul said, uh, he doesn't sell anything. He gets the people that he's talking with to want to buy from him. And I thought, and, and I said, oh, just with four words. So I really wanted to find out what were the four words that I could use uh, in my business and in my networking uh, you know, those, those four words. So this is going to be a very interesting, um, uh, side hustle with personality interview. So enjoy and, uh, then go out and use, uh, some of these techniques that Paul gives us. Have fun. All right, there he is. Hello, Side Hustle with Personality Community. Today, I am thrilled. I have a special guest who knows how to build side hustles who and leverage their personality with language. And <laughs> since I'm in communication, he's in communication, uh, I think we do it a different way uh and i'm excited to to hear his way is for and i'm going to tell the community right now the four words that you use to get results not only in your sales but i think whenever you're uh interacting with someone uh that you want to get to know so he has been, he's an author, a speaker, an elite sales trainer, a healer, a healer. Wow. I didn't know that. And oh, yeah. a hypnotist, master hypnotist, and knows neuro-linguistic programming, which I looked at and was involved with years ago. And Tony Robbins was the one who introduced that to me. 
And I actually did a little training for some of Tony's top sales staff. Oh wow! Oh wow! This is going. This is going to be great. So, and uh, this power of words to design getting the results that you want. Just I just say four certain words, and I want to know what those certain words are. So, Paul, welcome to Side Hustle with Personality, and. Thank you. Boy, do I have a side hustle to tell you about, which I leave out of my biography, because I like to ambush the hosts. So for the past 30 years, my side hustle, well, for a while, for quite some time, it was my main business, is I've taught men how to enhance their charisma and their emotional intelligence so they can seduce and pick up and seduce women. I saw so, I, I didn't want I didn't want to say because that that's going I thought it was going in a whole nother direction. Uh, when I saw a dating coach and I went, I know. Oh, that's the polite way of putting coach. it. That's the polite way of putting it. And, I and, I, and I, when I was researching you, I found out, I heard the story and I said, okay, well, I got to get to my questions and then I'll be asking him this story of how he, uh, someone paid you $10,000 to Ash. coach him on yeah, oh, how to pick up women. That was my fee 15, 20 years ago. I'm the most expensive coach and trainer you'll ever be glad you hired, whether it's on the sales side or on the pickup seduction side. Right. I'm curious. I Well, think about it like this, Carrie. A date is a sale. You've got to do your prospecting. You've got to ask the right questions to qualify your prospect. You've got to present, do your sales presentation. You've got to handle objections and you have to close. And hopefully you get repeat business. And even if you're a stud like me, get referrals. So <laughs> it's very parallel track if you think about it. Well, tell, first, tell us, tell the community uh, a little bit about yourself. What, whatever you want us to know about what you do, who you are and what you do? Well, I am someone who is uh, who likes pissing other people off and knocking over their sacred ideas. When I was a little kid, I liked, to sass my, I liked to sass my mom. And one day I was like eight years old and she shook her finger and she said, Paul, if you don't knock it off, you'll grow up to be an iconoclast. I said, what's that, mom? She said, that's someone who goes around kicking over other people's sacred ideas and idols and really making them angry. And I said, yeah. I want to do that. And, and so I want to be an iconoclast, mommy. And so I was encouraged by my parents to think outside the box. We were never punished for taking any idea and taking it to the most absurd, logical, absurd conclusion. And I trained myself to think outside the box, to look and to think, what if all the assumptions that are in there are incorrect? What is a totally different wild ass way of looking at things? For example, I view any kind of influence, any kind of persuasion, any kind of selling as being a contradictory kind of thing. It's a paradox. On the one hand, yes, you're using suggestion to get your ideas into your prospect or subject or spouse in their mind. But on the other hand, you're expanding their mind to include your ideas. So you're doing both simultaneously. And the idea of any kind of influence, verbal, nonverbal, mostly verbal is what I teach. All verbal is what I teach. 
the idea of it being about states of consciousness, yours and your prospect or your victim. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding about that. I'm kidding about that. Being about states of consciousness is a very whacked out 70s Timothy Leary tune in, turn on, drop out kind of thing. Are you there? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, okay. And you, you teach and coach and train elite salespeople. Yes, I don't work with when they walk with, say that again. I don't work with people who are just doing okay. I work with the following, you have to have the following qualifications. You have to already be already kicking ass somewhat and you have to be able to think outside the box. What I teach is not something you can get off the shelf. It, it's, it's a different way of thinking. So if you want to hire me, you have to be someone who's, who's gone through the conventional trainings and you're done with it and you're ready for something that's not going to give you incremental results, but it's going to give you logarithmic exponential results. In order to do that, Carrie, though, you have to put your current understanding to one side and empty your cup. Do you know the old Zen proverb about the monk who's pouring tea into the beginner's cup and he keeps pouring it and pouring it? And the beginner says, what are you doing? The monk says, well, your cup is already full, so there's nothing I can give you. You have to empty your cup. So it's that sort of metaphor. I, I, when 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 your clients walk away, what do you want them to do or have? What tool or strategies? I want them to have the ability to, within the first two or three minutes, establish themselves. Not just not just get rapport. Rapport is okay, but rapport is a subset of responsiveness, suggestibility, and and compliance so i want my prospects uh, excuse me i ensure not just one i ensure that my because i screen so closely i ensure that my clientele are able to walk away with the kind of capability skills and knowledge that lets them go beyond rapport and into the realm of getting compliance suggestibility and responsiveness very quickly because here's the thing can i let me give you a metaphor carrie and if i'm talking too much slow me down but it's important if i take a sheet of gold foil and a sheet of cardboard and i want to conduct a current through those which one of those is it's not a trick question which will conduct electricity the cardboard or the gold foil the, the foil exactly so consider the states of consciousness that you want your prospects to be in as the conductive medium, as the gold foil or the cardboard, and your words, your pitch, to be the electricity. You can have the best pitch in the world, the best product, etc. But if your prospects aren't in those states of consciousness, like being totally focused on you, wanting to believe you, their skepticism is put to sleep through some hypnotic techniques, then you're not going to be as effective. So teaching states of consciousness is what makes what I do completely stand out from everybody else because no one else is teaching this. I'm coming from outside the field. I'm coming at it as a hypnotist and also someone who had to train guys who had no experience with women 
how to get out of their crappy states of mind and get into states of mind where they were confident and outward focused and able to handle setbacks. So what's a tool, what's a strategy that some can walk away with saying, here it is, here's what you do. I'm in physical communication technology. So, well, there's a my, lot of different. My clients will say, "What? What? Always? What can I do to get to that state?" Yeah, it's intricate, but let's let's break it down. One of the, and, and I think to be transparent, you also have to reveal what the potential tough spots are and what you do. One of the tough spots and what I do and why it's not for everyone is it takes a pretty high intelligence to get the various aspects. So let me break it down for you. The first thing question I get my clients to ask is not what's my pitch, how do I present it? The first question I get them to ask is what states of mind do you want your clients in? So let me start by giving you four or five clients. You, you, you want to know what state of mind or get your clients in a particular state of mind, you're saying. I want to teach my client how to do that with their prospects. How to do that with their prospects. So here's some ways you can do it really quickly. So there are four or five, let's say the average person, the typical sales presentation is like this. I'm really happy to be here today with you. I think you're gonna love what you see. And as you see what I'm presenting, I can ensure you that our product will get you 35% more prospects with a conversion rate uh, that's double what you currently get. Would you like that? Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's get going and ask questions wherever you want to. That's the typical way of doing it. But I want to show you my way of doing it. Before we begin our exploration of this opportunity together today, I just want to say, I'm not sure all the places you can find yourself growing more excited about what it is we're going to be sharing. But as that's taking place, I just want to invite you to please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, let's look at those words. Before we, I call them implied relationship words. Before we, what's the difference between saying before I and before we? We implies a relationship. Before we explore, explore is very interesting. When you do an exploration, someone's got to be a leader. Someone leads the exploration. And for every leader, there must be a follower. Exactly. So we're implying that they're a follower. We're not saying you're going to follow me. Before we begin our exploration together, what does together imply? That we have our a relationship. relationship. Before we begin our, our exploration together, I didn't say, I said our exploration, exploration, which implies a relationship. Before we begin our exploration together today, I just want to say, I'm not sure at which point you'll find yourself growing really excited about what it is you're listening to. But as that's taking place, I just want to invite you to please share the questions. So look at those words, invite. When you invite someone to something, that who's giving the value? Is it you or the other person? You. 
I just want to invite you to please share the questions, not ask the questions. What's the difference between sharing a question and asking a question? A, a, a connection, a relationship. Exactly. Please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, I'm being very vague there. Did I say what the decision is going to be? Did I say how it's going to be made or when it's going to be made? No. Or for what reasons? So this is called being deliberately vague. Contrary to what everyone else teaches, make the message clear. I say in the beginning, don't make the message clear. Because when you don't make the message clear, you create a state of suggestibility. You create that gold foil state by being unclear, by being vague. Because here's the thing. Here's the number one understanding I teach, Carrie. Contrary to what other people teach, you're never selling your product or service. You're not selling yourself. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. Decisions and, and good feelings about decisions. Correct. That's what you're selling. Decisions and Correct. good feelings. Good feelings about decisions. About those decisions. Right. And so here's the thing. Like the title of my book, Subtle Words That Sell, if you yeah. look at the subtitle, How to Get Your Prospects to Convince Themselves to Buy and Add Top Dollars to Your Bottom Line. So my whole thing mm. is in order to convince my prospects to buy, I have to get them to do it on the subconscious or unconscious level. Our most important decisions uh, who we're attracted to, where we spend our money, et cetera, et cetera. They're not really made on the conscious level. They're made subconsciously. And then the conscious mind rationalizes it with facts, figures, data, numbers. So if, if, I, if, I could, if I can get them, Paul, if I could get, if, if I can connect my whole thing, if I can connect with their subconscious feeling of, a relationship already, they will decide to buy or 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 date. Yes, yes. or or that's the, that's the difference. Yes, and here's the thing. Uh, I it used to be it, it's still taught to this day that you got to build rapport. Rapport takes time. It could take fifteen minutes, twenty, uh, half an hour, an hour, two hours. Here's the challenge. Nowadays, your prospect doesn't have the focus to pay attention for an hour. The number one enemy, I don't have my smartphone, my iPhone with me, but your number one enemy is your, it's not your competition. And it's not that your prospects don't believe you. It's they don't have the focus to pay attention to the old sales presentations. That's because we're bombarded with different stimuli. Do, do they have, do they, excuse me again, do they have the, Sure, we have the capacity to pay attention. They have, let's say, them. No. no. So how do you get their attention to be able to build this relationship? Let me, let me, let me. Quickly. Okay, here's the thing. Let me finish making my point about focus so I can prove the point. So we have all, when I was young and when you were a young man, I think we're the same generation, we didn't have smartphones. So now we get texts, 
we have Facebook Instant Messenger, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, and now the worst one of all, TikTok. I actually was on TikTok once a day from for six weeks, but I got so addicted to it, I found myself scrolling through it. My attention span dropped to like 15 to 30 seconds. So you understand, and that's number one. Number two, there's just got too many options. People are bombarding you with offers. Your prospect has MADD, Marketing Attention Deficit Disorder. So I disagree. They don't have the focus. You have to give them suggestions to create the focus. So you give them in the this these connecting tools such as we, um, our, together, share, our, yeah, share. What was the last one you just said? It's we, our, together, explore, share, invite, share. How do we get the uh, attention? Okay. Yes. Before attention, we begin, all over the place. Here's, here's how we do it. Before we begin our exploration together today, I'm not sure at which point you'll find yourself focusing in on what it is I have to say. There's a suggestion. Find yourself focusing in. Now, let me unpack that. Give me a minute, Carrie. All right. What does it mean to find yourself doing something? Did you ever just find yourself falling in love? No. You've never been in love? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm in love. Thank you. The the, uh, the energy, totally in love now. Fine, just wake up and say I'm in love. No, I mean when I say find yourself, I mean was it really a conscious decision? If you really think about it, explore well, it honestly. Was I was planning? it a conscious decision? Was I, yeah, was I planning? No, okay, no, okay, exactly. Did you ever just find yourself with your head suddenly in the refrigerator and you don't even remember what it was you were looking for? Your door's on the handle. Yeah. Yeah. So find yourself implies that there's not going to, it's not going to happen on the conscious level. That it's going to happen on the unconscious or subconscious level. I use them interchangeably. It doesn't matter what term you use. So you, I don't know at which points you'll find yourself focusing in on what it is we're sharing. Now listen to those words. I don't know at which points, what does that imply? When I say, I don't know at which points, it gives them the freedom to comply with my suggestion. If I said at, at one minute and 30 seconds into my presentation, you'll find yourself focusing in. No, no. So here it circles back to my point, be vague, be vague. And that gives them the illusion of choice. That gives them the illusion that they're coming to it they're convincing themselves to buy when all along you're leading them by the nose to where you want them to go. It's very covert. And this can be used in a way that is destructive, but any powerful tool can be abused. A knife can be used by a surgeon to cut open uh, and do vital surgery. It can also be used to mug someone. You said maybe in other interviews that I researched, um, how, uh, 
you said something in one of those that reminded me you take people can send you information can send you uh, a script an ad whatever and you will take it and and rewrite it for them well well there's done with you but then there's done for you done if you want me to do it with you and teach you how to do it that's a nice big chunk of change if you want me to do it for you that's gonna cost you <laughs> that's an investment that and again if you want to get a consult with me we can offer it but i want to make it very clear listen to me i really only do work with top of the line people that's who my clients are so you actually have to apply to work with me that's not being arrogant uh, everyone needs to go through an interview process number one i have to decide if you're someone who could get it but number two i need to ensure that you're not going to abuse the tools because they're that powerful i work with uh, the physicality starting with the, the physical movement to get into a state of confidence and feeling sure about yourself so my question is the action the getting the attention now can words get the attention have you ever been told the story as a kid and you were totally absorbed in the story mm, storytelling of course did you have a favorite story I, as a kid, loved the music Peter and the Wolf and the story Peter and the Wolf. When my mom read me that story or she was too busy and she played the record, I didn't hear or see anything else around. The ability to be completely absorbed in something is hardwired in the human mind. So the human brain, excuse me. So I believe mind arises as a phenomena of the brain. I don't think we're just our brain, but that's another discussion. Mm -hmm. so so you, I, you you can through story storytelling effective storytelling to get the attention that's a that's an example that's an example yes now well to tell me this isn't uh you, you work with uh elite sales individuals but when you said which i loved because i always said that selling it's not selling and you come from a place that it's not selling. It's an art of what you do and how you do it, because you do it different than radically different. Commonly known, commonly radically. done. So uh, what is selling to you? I think selling is the art of opening and creating the, the states of consciousness that will make your prospects convince themselves to buy in a way that serves both of you. In a what way that serves that? both that, of you. You want to say that again? Because that's, that's the key. It's opening and creating the states of consciousness where your prospects convince themselves to buy. But on another level, and this is more esoteric i believe selling is a heroic and healing thing to do and here's why many times the real challenge of selling something 
and you're always selling decisions is your prospects on a really deep level don't believe it's possible for them to have it and even deeper level they don't believe they deserve it so when you expand their possibilities and you change those beliefs that they can't have it and they don't deserve it that's a healing thing to do when you expand their let me give you a metaphor is that a is lot that of impact our, impact for the world language to heal which i i heard or read you said yeah that. yeah let me let me put it to you this way this is only a metaphor it doesn't apply to all your prospects but as a metaphor let's say your prospect is in a beautiful huge suite with a floor to ceiling wall-to-wall -wall window to look out at a hawaiian paradise absolutely beautiful crystal clear water powdered sand it's like powdered sugar you can walk across beautiful dolphins leaping everywhere but instead of looking at that they're facing the door and they're looking through that little keyhole to see what's out in the hallway we're going to turn them around and show them the vision of what they can have and a lot of people are just stuck or they can see the vision but they don't believe it's possible for them to have it or they believe it's possible for them to have it but they don't deserve it when you can expand their consciousness beyond that you're doing a healing work that's healing so the idea of a salesperson being a healer that's why i said i'm also a healer i also do healing work i work with people who are have stage fright and, and et cetera et cetera limiting beliefs it's part of my work and i think that's another thing that makes my my training and, and working with people that I, I'm healing limiting beliefs, even the most successful people. I've had multi-million dollar six, uh, excuse me, seven and eight figure clients who have imposter syndrome, who don't really believe they deserve what they're getting. And so what I'm trying to get at here is what I'm getting at here is selling if you do it my way, can be, not always, but can be a healing process. And when you heal others, it's impossible to feel that you yourself don't deserve something. When you're in service to others and you're not just getting them something that improves their lives, but you're changing their conscious, consciousness in a way that spreads across all contexts. Is that a, is that a consciousness? Because if I don't write these down, I'll, I'll not uh remember to ask you is that doing that process do you almost with, with the, even with the sales do you have to believe in what you're selling or the service that you're providing do you have to believe that to be able it, to help them my answer my shocking answer is no but it certainly helps. It helps tremendously. And ultimately, I believe we treat ourselves the way we treat others. Ultimately. Unless you're an absolute psychopath. And that's why I screen. Again, hear me, Carrie. That's why I screen my clients and everyone needs to go through an interview. When I interview a prospective client, first of all, I'm looking. Are they willing to make the investment in themselves? Second, are they smart enough to get it? But third, are they a freaking psychopath? Because I, I I choose not to work with people like that. I can screen, I know how to screen. Is is isn't is that not isn't is that a relationship with the inner self, the consciousness self, and the consciousness and the connection with the consciousness of 
another human being? I don't personally, well, it depends on how you define the word self. What do you mean by self? I have so many people, clients, whatever, who come to me and say, I can't do that. It's just not myself. And I point out to them, well, that's really saying it's not, you're not in the habit of doing it. Is it really yourself if you don't have the choice to do it? No, it's just what you're habitually used to. So I get very cautious and wary when I hear that, that word, well, self. Usually people don't even have a self. They have a lot of conflicting ideas, little butterflies that flip through their mind. Very early on in my in my career, I asked a mentor, I said, can you hypnotize someone to do something against their will? His answer was no, but most people don't have a will. Uh-huh. Most people have contradictory ideas that flip through their mind. They lose focus. They go here, they go there. If you define will as having a strong focus where your vision and your values and your actions and your beliefs are all aligned, very few people have that. And my outcome for my clients is to get them there, is to align their vision, their values, their skills together so they build the will that's also balanced with compassion for others. Hmm. You said in one of your interviews, which communication is your field, emotion and imagination are keys. Emotion and imagination. Yeah. Imagination, I'm going emotion, I could yes. Conscious, emotion, imagination are the are the keys. You need to capture and lead your prospects' imagination and emotion. And and here's the thing. Whatever you can get anyone to perceive as being their own idea will not be resisted because it will be perceived by them as being their own thought. So first, capture and lead the imagination and the emotions of your prospect. And, And once again, you do that, you can do that by suggestion through creating the illusion of a connection and through being vague and even can being confusing. There's times to be confusing and to break rapport. Rapport can destroy us. Wait, wait, Paul, you can do all this through language, the words, the the words that you gave us. To get esoteric about it, language structures consciousness, shapes decisions and drives behavior. You can use that reality to your advantage, or you can let it work against you. It's your choice. In any interaction, someone is going to hold the strongest frame. Someone is going to be the influencer. If you're not the influencer, if you don't have the emotional leadership, your prospect is going to, by default, be the one who holds that. It's very difficult to influence someone when they they perceive that they are the leader that they have something that you desperately need. So for example, let's say, let let me take this down to the ground and unpack it. Let's say you're attempting to sell your product or service, even though you're selling decisions, I get it. And the prospect says, why should I hire your firm? Or why should I hire you? 
yeah. most people would begin to quote statistics. Well, listen, Mr. Prospect, my real estate agency has sold 10 homes in your neighborhood at 15% above market price, right? I don't do that. I say, well, Mr. Prospect, I can't be the one to say at which points you'll stop and find yourself thinking, yeah, that's what I want to do. But as that's taking place, please feel free to ask the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, that's so freaking vague. I didn't say anything specific, nothing specific, but I dropped in the suggestions that he would find himself doing it for his own reasons. What are those reasons? I don't know, but it's so vague, his unconscious has to fill in the blanks. And Paul, then I'll say- Paul, say that again. You've got to say that again, please. Come on. It's, it's in my book. Yeah. But you've got to give that, give that example again. You say- I said, well, Mr. Prospect, I can't be the one to say all the reasons you might Find yourself doing that. But as that's taking place, please feel free to ask the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, I'm putting it back the responsibility on his unconscious mind to come up with the reasons. Then I'd say this. So thinking about it like that as we continue uh, to conversate today, uh, what is that? Now I'm taking that phrase, thinking about that as we continue to share this discussion. Now I'm taking that whole chain of suggestions and I'm getting them to continue to loop it in their mind. Thinking about that as we continue to share our discussion today, let's move forward and show you. Wouldn't the person sometimes get to a point where, gee, I, I don't know, Paul. Uh, I don't know, let me think about it. I hear this. Let's. I can handle that objection. I say, I use what I call counterexample because uh, because he or she didn't get it. Uh, what what they're confused. Uh, they're going confusion to useful. Confusion can be useful when someone's confused. Confusion is a state people don't like. They'll reach for an understanding when people are. Listen to me. When people are artfully confused, not not a sloppy way, but there's a way to artfully confuse people where they'll grasp for an understanding. But let me handle what you said a minute ago. If they say, let me think about it, I'll say, hey, I understand. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be an awful decision? Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to recognize this is what you want to do. So thinking about it like that, let's step back and look at this, this in a different way where you can recognize you want to move forward today. So what questions can we really ask and really get out on the table? This is called a counterexample. It shocks the mind and temporarily they're confused because as I said this, I know in your mind, even though I can't read your mind, but I know in your mind, you were bringing up at least one example where you took a long time to think it over and it was a bad decision, correct or incorrect? Not correct. Okay, Paul. Okay. Jeez, that's so good. I know. You said, because I did all this uh, research on you, you said interrupting patterns, and it comes up now, interrupting patterns or broken patterns. You talked about patterns and I went, oh, yeah, a pattern on 
how to help people decide on what they what they know they want. Uh, could you elaborate on? Well, I just did that example. That example, thinking over, that's breaking their pattern because they're expecting the following things. Well, what can I clear up right now? Or okay, let me give you my card and call me back. Or I learned this when I was teaching. Uh, when I had that client, let's do a callback. That client who gave me ten grand in cash. Yes. Now he has quadrupled, uh, and I don't. I don't like doing this. I'll anyway. We. I took him out to a restaurant where they had a patio, and this guy was crashing and burning. Now, have you ever been so embarrassed for someone else's humiliation? You just couldn't watch them be so humiliated you had to get him out of there after 90 minutes i took him out of there i said uh we need to back off this situation and do it. well we'll go back to my place and i'll help you understand what you did wrong this is the days when you were waiting for cabs there was no uber or any of that that so i'm looking across the driveway i see a very attractive young lady and I, I just said, hey, there's a lovely lady waiting for her cab at the end of the evening. Now, it went in the wrong ear. And she proceeded to curse at me, tell me to do things with my anatomy that were physically impossible, shove something, something I couldn't shove it, attack my relatives, swear like a sailor. It bounced off me, but my client got very angry. You could see he was enraged. His face got all red. The veins were popping out. He went to yell at her. I put my arm out. I said, no, she can come for where, from wherever she wants. We decide how we respond. And here's when I broke her pattern. Watch this. I said, look at her. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's sister. She's someone's best friend somewhere. She's deeply loved. Now, she, the rage stopped. There was a moment of profound confusion because I broke her pattern. And then she burst into tears and came running to me, threw her arms around me. You said, wait, you said this to her? Look at her. I, she said, it, I said it to my, ostensibly, I said it to my client. client. In reality, I was saying it to her. But she heard it. Right. Okay. Right. And so she came running over to me, threw her arms around me, burst into tears and said, I've never felt so loved so quickly. I feel such a connection to you. I'm so sorry. It said nothing to do with you. Men were, were pinching my butt and saying the most vulgar things. And she pressed her body into mine. I could feel the heat coming off her body. She said, I just feel an overwhelming attraction for you. Can I have your number? I said, sorry, I'm working. We got to go. She said, what's your name? I said, Mr. Fantastic. See you later. But the point You didn't is, say Paul Ross. No, I wasn't interested. I was working. Yeah. So the fact is, I took her from rage to confusion. So it was rage, confusion, love in the matter of 60 seconds. So if I can do that, you can take a relatively or a very compliant prospect who's just having some fear and take them from that fear to being eager to buy. All because you're learning this idea of pattern. Now, what was she expecting me to do? What were her patterns of expectation? Yell at her back, get angry and butt heads with her, apologize for something I had no reason to apologize for. I didn't do it. Or just turn tail and run. 
I didn't do any of those things. I did something totally unexpected, which confused her. And confusion creates suggestibility. The hypnotherapist, Milton Erickson, who revolutionized hypnosis, he yeah. was, you know, Milton, he was to hypnosis, in my opinion, what Einstein was to physics. He used confusion a lot. He would artfully confuse his clients in a way that led to them having better beliefs, in a way that led to them to having new possibilities in their world. So I say, contrary to what every other sales training says, which is make the message clear, get rapport. There are times to break rapport and create confusion. Now, again, this is batshit crazy. I'm so I don't know if you can allow swearing on your show. Bleep that out. Yeah. This is, that's huh? No, no, that's good. That's fine. It's batshit crazy. Yeah. But, but look, it's the very ways of thinking, feeling, and responding that stand so far outside of what you're used to doing that hold the potential of getting you results that are exponentially greater than what you're used to enjoying. I can see the wheels. Oh my heavens. Uh, the wheels are, are turning uh, so rapidly that uh, I, I am a note taker. I, I jot down notes and so forth and so on, but to, for this today, just listening and feeling and sensing. And I know, and, and, and I'm, so, I'm so glad I have this recorded. So I, I, want to address, I want to address your audience for a second. I know many of you, and I don't know you personally, many of you are feeling a sense of overwhelm and even intimidation. So I want to speak to those of you who are not feeling that because those are the people who I want to work with. Well, let me speak to the first group. What I'll say to you is take your time, go through this multiple times, take notes, uh, and I don't know which of those new understandings will cause you to think to yourself, yes, this is something I really want to continue to learn. But as that's taking place, I will extend an invitation to all of you, but especially those of you who don't feel intimidated, to those of you who are excited about taking on a new way of doing things, and who are not only not afraid, but who can now find yourself eager to continue the conversation with me, I'll extend an invitation to, to that group. That says slash. We're still not done. Side, <laughs> side, side hustle with personality slash side hustle with yeah. personality. Before I let you go, uh, I, I, as I was doing all this research on you, uh, what do you, what business are you in? I have three, I have three businesses. The first business is, and they're all related. First business is taking elite, elite people who are in sales, who are entrepreneurs, who are business owners. One of my VIP clients does eight figures. He's the number two real estate training and coaching person in the United States. I will, you have to figure out who he is because I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> All right. So I assist that person, not just with specific languaging, but with mindset because winners want to constantly improve. So I do training for those people seven, even eight-figure entrepreneurs who want to get to the next level. Entrepreneurs, business owners, professional salespeople, and you're always selling. 
if you're not selling in your business, your business is either stagnant or it's dying, whether you like it or not. The second thing I do is I work with high net worth individuals who are struggling with their love lives. Guys who you would think they have no problem because they have money, they have good looks, but they're coming out of a divorce or they're coming out of a relationship, a long-term relationship, and they don't know how to handle it because the world has changed. And then the third thing I do is I do occasional healing work. My specialty is working with stage fright and with social anxiety. And I use a lot of different modalities for that. That I do, that has to be a personal referral. Someone has to refer refer them to me. And again, I have to interview everybody. Side hustle, having something on the side that brings in income that you love to do. A lot of people are, as you know, uh, working in jobs, positions that they don't care for and they want to do something else and bring in income a little or a lot and or grow that small business. I work with with clients uh, who have small businesses and want to increase. Is that, uh, you work with the elite. These are people with smaller businesses. Uh, True, but I also have, that's the highest level. I also have courses that are, that are well within anyone's economic range. You understand and i think that's that's a really good investment i have my sales mastery course that course will teach you the fundamentals of what i of, of what my elite clients get individually one-on-one and you can taking their small business or small ideas yeah. and i think it's also less intimidating because i understand i'm i'm very powerful i'm this hypnotist all but a very few people will probably think well you know he can sell me anything. I'm not getting on the phone with this guy. But this is a recorded thing where you can get used to me. You can learn from me, et cetera, et cetera. So I will give you, uh, I will give you the link to grab that course. I think that's, okay. if you're doing a side hustle and your economic status is limited, that's the way to begin to. Uh, and then once you see the results and you're making tons of money, then you can go back and go, uh, okay, I'll, I'll check out working with me. Because I'm not for everybody. Yeah. As you said earlier, which I like, this is not, when you say hypnotist, whatever, it's not hypnotizing into someone to sell. It is a conscious art. A conscious wording and art and feeling to get other people into a state of that in that relationship into a relationship so it's not when you say sales i always think of sale hard selling no you gave a couple examples in the very beginning subtitle yeah your prospects to convince themselves to buy there's if they're convincing themselves right yeah that's i think that's that's gold paul thank you so very very much for this time uh So here's the way, here's my recommended move for everybody is if you go to this link, you can, uh, we'll show you how to get my, yeah, you can get my book. You can buy the book directly on Amazon. 
But if you go to the link I'm about to give you, it'll show you how to get it on Amazon. But I have a free course there, a free introductory course. You understand? So let me give this link. I'm going to give out two possibilities. All right. If sure. you go to speakerpaulross.com, no, strike that. If you go to paulrossbook.com, just go to paulrossbook.com. It'll show you how to get some freebies along with getting the book on Amazon. You can get it directly on Amazon, but then you don't get the free courses. Good. What was that? Okay. That is one of them. <laughs> That's what I recommend you do. Go there. Uh, and then you get on on my list. We'll send Paul you Paul Ross R O S S book dot com. Now, yeah. now, if you're one of the very few people, very few people. No, the other thing I'd recommend you do. I'm going to recommend you take two steps. Go to paulrossbook.com, and then if you feel that you'd like to at least check out my sales mastery course go to, and I'm violating all the rules. They say, just do one call to action. You can do both. Oh. Go to speakerpaulross.com forward slash sales mastery. Would yeah. you put the link down in uh, in your show notes? I will. Speaker, speakerpaulross.com forward slash sales mastery. I'm not going to give out the opportunity today to apply to work with me because frankly, I'm booked uh, 90 day. I don't know when this will air right now. I'm booked 90 days out. And I don't think if they're just doing a side hustle, they're not going to be able to afford me. Anyway. So um, down the line, as you can, as you consume the sales course and the book and the freebies, I'll give out down the line. You may get to the point where you're, you're feeling comfortable talking. Yeah. I don't, understand. Don't, don't underestimate my community. <laughs> okay. Well, so the starting point, the starting point, you have two star. I recommend you do both. Go to paulrossbook.com. Okay. It'll show you how to get a lot of free goodies in addition to the book. And then speakerpaulross.com forward slash sales mastery is my introductory course. Do both. Fabulous. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All right. Take good care. All right. Bye-bye. All right, hang with me for a minute. Okay. Join us next time for another innovative conversation on Side Hustle with Personality, where we explore how you can develop something on the side and bring great value to others and yourself. And when you choose to improve your daily life and business, this is the place to hang out for new ideas and new strategies. This has been Side Hustle with Personality. Now you may contact us at kerryruff.com. That's K-E-R-R-Y-R-U-F-F -F, as in Frank Frank. And remember, keep connecting your energy differently and adding true value to the world.